0: Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast, Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents. Where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Planet of the Agents. I am ecstatic to have you here with me listening to another episode of the show. And you know what? I actually really mean that. I have been looking at my numbers, and I see that we are now in the hundreds of listeners and hundreds of downloads mark, and it's pretty exciting. I didn't think we'd get here this quickly, but hopefully something has been resonating with you, and that's why you're tuning in once again. And you know, on that positive note, I think we should take a second to actually be thankful that we work in the insurance industry. Now, if you take your average day or average week or those times after work when you talk with everybody about what's going on, you probably say things like, oh, this underwriter, "Ugh, this client, or "Ugh, this company, or oh, this website's not working. Sure, those are small thoughts, but let's look more macro rather than micro. Well, first of all, during this insane time that I doubt any of us could possibly have foreseen, we're still working. So even though most of us, I would figure probably nine out of 10 people are now working from home, you're still working. There are so far somewhere over 20 million people who filed for some form of unemployment and uh, being In a city that is heavy in the hospitality industry, there have been massive layoffs and furloughs here. And you know what? We're pretty lucky that uh, we are not in that situation. While I'm sure that there are some of you who are seeing a slowdown, that's not the end of the world. And one thing to really be thankful for is that insurance, generally speaking, is recession-proof. It's not that we're in a recession, but it's the closest analogy to what's going on right now with the layoffs and the tough times. And it's going to get better, but let's just be thankful for what we've got. It's good to remind yourself every once in a while to be thankful for what you have rather than complaining about what else is going on. It really helps set your attitude and set your tone for the day and hopefully overall just in life. So with that, I actually wanted to pause and go back to where I originally was in the podcast series and today not talk about the virus and COVID-19 and the slowdown in the business and just follow up on something some of my friends who are listeners had asked me to complete, which was from one of the earlier episodes uh, where I had mentioned where I got started and how I got started in the business and what I was doing from, gosh, just so many years ago. And I had previously discussed um, my own uh, retail agency, and then I had moved into also talking about building a business on your own terms, which I believe is episode five. If you want to hear about how I got started, you can listen to the earlier episodes, and you'll learn more about that. So today, I'm going to step back in that series and go from how I started to building a business on your terms to today's episode, which I'm calling 16 Years in the Insurance Industry. And that's really answering the question of, where am I now? So let me recap a small, small bit for a moment here. I started in the retail insurance industry about 16 years ago, and I had basically started from scratch by hearing someone talk about insurance at a party, and they were talking about health insurance at the time. I got into that, and then I morphed into property and casualty insurance. I did not have an agency handed to me. I did not have an uh, immediate family in the industry who passed their agency down to me. And, you know, still today, people always ask me, did you just start this from scratch? And the answer has always been yes. I actually still laugh when people ask me this famous question. Well, isn't it hard to start your own business? Of course it is. Think about this. If you're the kind of person who can bench press 400 pounds, did you start bench pressing 400 pounds? No, you might have started with 10 pounds. Who knows? Great athletes, people who have built something, they all had to start from somewhere. Even billion dollar corporations, generally speaking, started somewhere. There are all these pictures going around Instagram reminding people how a lot of businesses actually started in someone's garage. And they probably started in their parents' garage, not even their own garage. So there's just still so much opportunity out there, especially for insurance agents. The other thing I love is when people tell me, oh, well, you started a long time ago. Well, obviously, I have 16 years in the industry. But there's another thing that I really love, and it's a reminder that if you want to do something, you've got to do it. And that statement goes something like, when is the best time to plant a tree? And the common answer would be 20 years ago. Or today. And my interpretation of that is you can't go back in time. You have to go forward from today. So, no matter where you are in your insurance career, if you are an agency owner, if you're thinking about starting an agency, or if you work on commission as a sales rep or an independent producer or whatever kind of producer you are, the best time to start something is now because the past is the past. What can we do about that? Let's look forward. So as I mentioned, I started about 16 years ago with health insurance and I quickly actually switched over to property and casualty. Although I probably would have stayed in life insurance if I had made that a significant part of my business due to the revenue structure and the commission structure. But once again, that's not where I am. So the first thing I really sold was non-standard auto insurance. And I imagine that's what a lot of people start with. Now, back then... It was still hard to get an appointment, especially with a preferred carrier, but I wasn't getting bombarded with advertisements from things like um, aggregators and other people who help you get an appointment, but you're a sub-producer under them. And actually, it's not my personality to want to do something like that. I preferred the challenge of trying to get my own appointments and build my own business in return for greater reward, which in that case meant not splitting commissions with Somebody I might have had to work for, or working for, uh, or with, rather, uh, some sort of aggregator or other company where I became a sub producer. That's not right for everybody, but that was definitely right for me. So, after non-standard auto, I finally got some preferred appointments. It was very exciting. I was selling homeowners insurance and I was selling preferred auto. I was selling packages. I got access to umbrella policies and so many other lines. It was it was so exciting back then. I, I can't even tell you. Building a business was really great for me. And then what happened was I started to feel like I was seeing the writing on the wall and I was seeing more online personal lines, and I thought to myself, you know, you've got to get into business insurance. I may have practically begged some carriers for appointments. And I'll tell you, most of them said no. But there was finally one that took a chance on me, and That one was an admitted preferred carrier, although they weren't really selling products that I was good at marketing. I didn't understand the concept of niches back then, and I struggled a little with commercial. And then eventually, I got another appointment, which opened a lot of doors because it gave me access to general liability and property coverage and a hint of miscellaneous professional at the time, although that wasn't really a focus. And from there, it kind of just spiraled. But as I spent more time in the industry... Let's say I'm about nine years into the industry. I've been going to conventions. Obviously, I had friends in the industry, some who were marketing reps, a lot, obviously, who were agents. There were people I met at seminars or people I met at carrier events. And I noticed that a lot of people were interested in my story because I was using the internet for marketing, which I have to say, just 10 years ago, feels like it was really unheard of on the independent agency side. Sure, big companies use the internet nothing like today. But at the time, big companies were using the internet. And I just don't feel like a lot of agents were. They were just really focused on selling local business. And I just never had that mentality. I just thought, well, America's huge. We've got 300 plus million people. That's hundreds of millions of opportunities. So if I could just quote 1,000th of 1% of those people, I could have an empire. And I had this vision where I was going to have this this space where you would see my huge sign on the side of the building of um, on the freeway. And you'd drive by and you'd know my agency's name. And at the time, that was my goal because that's what I had in my vision. I pictured my successful insurance agency to be this big office where you'd walk in and the phones were ringing. And you know what I did? I even moved to a bigger office and I had some people working under me. And it was actually growing in that way The phones were ringing all the time. It it was exciting. And then one day, I started to notice some of the things you have to deal with when you have people who are around you in an office environment, such as office politics and things like that. And then I also noticed that it became harder for me to locate people where I was living at the time that wanted to work in the industry. I think part of it was because of a major jump in the housing market at the time uh, when I was located in Southern California, prices had really gone through the roof and people were asking for significantly more money than I would even be able to possibly pay them. Why was that? Well, it was because I was focused on potentially what we could call micro-commercial and at the time I was still heavily in personal lines. I did sell uh, quite a bit of non-standard auto, but we didn't really use any broker fees at the time, and the retention was not really that great in non-standard auto, which as it is today, it's not a very high retention section of the industry. And so I had to start making some decisions about where I wanted to go, and I'll tell you, it's really hard to make those type of decisions, and I feel like a lot of people are in that situation right now. Right now, people have to make new decisions what they're going to do because they're seeing changes that are being accelerated. Internet shopping, for example, was a huge part of the world already with e-commerce and such. But look what's happening to retail stores. The numbers coming out from e-commerce companies like Shopify are huge, but I don't hear agents talking the same way about their business because they don't really use the internet. But we'll save the internet conversations for a different uh, episode. So I had to make some decisions, and I was thinking about all the things that agents were always telling me about. And some agents said, I want to come work with you, and I want to come work for you or under you, or they want to be some sort of independent producer. And I had to think long and hard about that, and some of them wanted to do that because they wanted leads. Some wanted to do that because they wanted to get access to the carriers and markets that I had. And some wanted to do that simply because they did not want to run their own agency, which I understand it's not for everybody, and that's fine. As long as you can do something that makes you happy and you're still in the industry and you're still selling insurance, then that's great. So I started to take stock of what was going on. And another thing I noticed was that most of my friends worked at primarily smaller agencies. That's generally who I'm speaking to on the podcast, I believe. And uh, that's what I call the mom and pop agency or a local agent or the some people call them rural agents, depending on where you're located. There's still a huge community for rural agents out there. And I was still on track thinking that I wanted to start focusing on commercial insurance. And when I say that, what I mean is that I wanted to make commercial my primary focus because I felt like it was more sustainable into the future. The question was, what should I do? I decided that at first I would need to continue focusing on small commercial and kind of step up from what I like to call micro-commercial. And by micro, I mean that I was selling commercial insurance policies that cost $190 in premium or $250 in premium, because at the time I was mostly concerned with the number of policies that I was writing. And looking back, that was something that people often talked about at the time. As we're today, there are different things to take into consideration due to efficiencies and what's going on in the online world. So I made the decision that I was going to focus on what I like to call again, small commercial policies, which are general liability and bops. And I did that in part because of something that actually happened to me at an event I attended. I had noticed that wholesalers and MGAs and other companies who were marketing to me weren't really focused on any sort of smaller accounts. and I don't mean they have to be $200 premiums. They could still be $1,000 to $5,000 premiums. That's still small commercial. In fact, some companies consider premiums up to 75 or hundred thousand to be small. But what happened was I was attending this event, It was a dinner at a fine restaurant. A a carrier had flown me out to this event because of my production, of course, and we were out celebrating and enjoying an evening, and I was sitting across the table from these two gentlemen who told me they were from this agency that I had never heard of, which shocked them. They couldn't believe I'd never heard of them before. I don't know why, but... What happened was they asked who I was and what I did. And I said, well, I have a lot of personal lines and we're working on small commercial. And they said, what? What are you talking about? What's what software do you use? And they started asking me all these questions. And I told them a little bit about what I was doing and they didn't really seem to care. And then they wanted to talk about themselves. And they told me about the fancy software that they use that costs them thousands and thousands of dollars a month. No, I mean, it costs so much annually that you probably could have paid two people who were working for me at one point. And they couldn't even believe what my low-cost product could do. But they were eating their ribeye steaks and drinking some snooty wine, and they were just laughing at me. And I thought, this feels like a personal challenge. I think I really need to focus on this. So my next question to myself when I returned was, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to focus on this? And what should I do? So what happened was I literally started reflecting on that event. And there were some people there who kept asking me what I was doing and how I was writing business. And most of all, they were actually complaining. This is something that I notice at a lot of events that I attend. A lot of the agents are complaining. And realistically, I had a lot of the same complaints when I tried to get quotes the main complaint that I would hear from people, especially in commercial lines, was it's so hard to get a quote, it's so inefficient, I don't have time to sit there and fill out a 20-page application, which is really just one of my favorite ways to spend an afternoon. And people often complain about this stuff because I would ask some of my friends, why aren't you doing more commercial business? And they would say, it's just too hard, it's just too time-consuming, I can write three auto policies before I can even get a quote from a commercial company or a wholesaler or an underwriter, whoever you're working with at the time. I then really got to thinking that what I really wanted to do was help other agents. I wanted to help them get quotes and actually close business because I know that a lot of agents feel like they spend all of their time just working on paperwork and administrative tasks. I reflected back to something that a carrier rep who did not want to give me an appointment but eventually caved and gave me one and what she said to me. One day, when I was trying to prove that I was worthy of her appointment, I showed her these systems that I had built, which at the time were probably considered modern, but today they might be considered archaic, where I just made some simple spreadsheets where I could put in a little bit of information and it would determine where I should get a quote and it would pull up a bunch of information that I had installed in it. And she was so impressed that she told me that I shouldn't be selling insurance and I shouldn't be running an agency. I should be running a consulting business or I should be helping agents. And after years in the business, by that time I had spent nine years in the industry, I did wanna help agents. My friends would call me all the time to ask me what to do. So finally I said, well, I think the best thing for me to do would be to start a business that could help agents do more business and close more business. So what did I do? I started my own wholesaler. And that was, let's see, seven years ago. Wow, time flies. So I decided that I could keep the retail business as long as it could run itself somewhat with some inspiration from me and assistance with marketing or tough situations. And I could actually start a wholesaler. And that would probably be my future. And today, and today, that's where I sit right now focused on the wholesale business, a wholesaler that I built that was really focused on helping agents and solving the problems that me and my friends complained about over and over again. What's the point of complaining all the time if you're not going to do something to fix it? Fortunately, I found a wonderful lady who was able to help me transition so that she could really focus on running the retail side and I could focus on running the wholesale business, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about right now. One thing that people often ask me is, well, is it just the same business? No, it's not the same business at all. It's two totally separate entities with two totally separate sets of costs. That means you've got to have two policies for E&O, you've got to have separate appointments and separate licenses and that's okay. That's just how it works and you've got to play within the system. So why wholesale? Well, The number one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to help insurance agents. I wanted to help them not just be more efficient, but solve the problems that they complain about over and over again, because I understood them. One thing that kind of distinguishes my wholesaler is that I come from the retail background, so I have that experience. The second thing I wanted to do was I wanted to build a system that makes things easier I feel like in commercial, it is a bit difficult, and it is time-consuming, even sometimes to get a very small quote. I've actually seen people fill out multi-page applications that probably took them 30 to 40 minutes for a quote that's $250, and I can imagine that they feel quite frustrated. The third thing I wanted to do was I wanted to share my knowledge. I had read countless policy forms, and I was so passionate about the product when I first got started that I just sought out all the knowledge that I could get. I wanted to understand different forms, exclusions, reasons for coverage, what the intentions were of the coverage. And I thought it would be more practical and more useful over time to share that knowledge with agents and help them build their business while also building myself a business. I also could think of all the times my friends said they didn't make enough money, which is something we've addressed in a previous podcast. And I could see the reasons. The fifth reason was that I remember a lot of my friends would ask if they could work with me somehow, as I mentioned, or if they could work under me or run business through me, as they would say, but they would have their own agency. But I didn't have the correct setup for that, and I didn't have the correct appointments at the time for that type of business. And keep in mind that just seven years ago, remote work was not as popular. Today, working remotely is everything, because most of us are working remotely, but there are also other people who work remotely and work from home, and they do that regularly, not just because of what's going on in the world today. So what I did is I decided I'm going to build a wholesaler that is 100% technology-first infrastructure to make it easier, to make it nimble, and to make it uh, more efficient for everybody involved. Then I made a list of what are the industry complaints that I hear from fellow agents. So I took that information and I developed what I call the rapid quote system, which is comprised of quite a few different things and proprietary things I put together. And I wanted to work to eliminate paperwork. And I wanted to help people get the information that they needed, which often means the quote or the price or to know if something can even be written. I see commercial as the future, so I think it's important to give agents an avenue where they can get this stuff done. I keep using the word efficiency, and that's because so much of what I see is inefficient. And I think through my systems, I've helped people be able to get quotes they need to compete because in small commercial, you have to compete with the internet. And in my opinion, the reality is that small commercial... Is probably at some point going to go the way of personal lines unless you distinguish yourself by having products that probably require some underwriting or that will not be sold online wholly due to certain risks that some companies aren't going to want to take by putting policies online also when commercial customers want to get broader coverage they tend to speak with an agent because those coverages may not even be available online and there are reasons for that and I understand While carriers are considering insuring businesses by allowing them to just fill out an online application, they might have more restrictions and exclusions because they need to protect themselves as well. Well, you know, with all that said, I think I'm going to take a second for a personal plug. My wholesaler's website is yesbaker.com, Y-E-S-B-A-K-E-R.com. And let me tell you what makes us different. We have an online application for over 500 classes of business where you can request a quote for general liability professional liability or eno insurance property insurance cyber liability and even a little bit of commercial auto and that right there instantly saves you tons of time if you don't have access to a system that generates you the 20 potential pages that might be required for an application now here's the thing sometimes an app is required and if so We're going to get it to you quickly so that you can evaluate it and make a decision. One thing I like to do when I send an application for something that actually requires paperwork is to tell the agent, hey, here's the minimum price. Are you sure the customer is even interested? I can think of all the times that some wholesaler or other company said they wanted to review an application. I might have spent three hours back and forth with a customer over the phone or trying to help them just to fill out the application and find out that it would instantly be denied, or to find out that the minimum price for that class of business was $10,000, and the customer felt that that was too expensive and they could never even afford it. Well, I could have saved myself three hours and multiply that times a 1,000 applications, and that's 3,000 hours. That's like a year and a half's work work on a normal schedule. So I built this wholesaler for what I see from most small agencies, and I see what they're quoting they're quoting business that doesn't require meetings and where they don't have time to go sit down and take someone to lunch or go to the meeting room and fill out the paperwork together and have lengthy chats and head down to the golf course afterwards. That's just not the type of business that I see. And what I feel is most commercial insurance was really built for big business. The concept of taking weeks to get a quote, hopefully days, but sometimes you'd hear weeks or I remember one carrier tell me their average turnaround time from getting a quote to closing it was 90 to 120 days. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. They said, oh, when you meet with the client, discuss this, or when you have your next get together or however you were going to communicate with them. And I was thinking, what are they talking about? Who has time for this? And that's why I wanted to make something that was different Something that was efficient and something that's easy for agencies. We even have an e-signature for the producer paperwork. I still think of all the times that people want me to sign up and get appointed with them or they want me to work with them and they'll send me nine different PDF files and say, fill all these out. Of course, they're not even typeable. What do they want me to do? Print them out? Should I fill them out with my quill and dip it in the inkwell and then strap it to a carrier pigeon and have it fly over there and get there in a few months? Again... Who has time for that? It's 2020. It's e-signature time. The other thing is, I wanted to be nimble. For example, if an agent comes to me and says, I need an online app for an industry that I write over and over again, well, then we're going to see if we can build that for them and just make an easy application and make it efficient for them. If they say, hey, I've got 75 of these customers that are all in the same class of business, then I'm going to try to make it easy and see if I could develop a special quoting process just for them. So overall, what I really wanted to do, I can now do, which I wanted to help people and I wanted to help agents. And what I learned was if I could help 200 agents and they each help 500 people, theoretically and indirectly, I might have helped 100,000 people. And that's why I'm doing it. In fact, that's why I'm doing the podcast for the same reason, because I want to share what I've learned and see if I can help all the agents out there be more successful in their business. And today, I really want to help people be prepared for the future. So to end my little personal commercial, the website is esbaker.com or yesbaker.com. You can go on there and you can request a quote without even being a producer with us. See how it works. We even have online quoting for some classes. It's pretty exciting, and I'm hoping to have more of that in the future. We write everything from really tiny micro-general liability policies to larger accounts, including things like Inland Marine. And we provide some educational materials on there as well that include some marketing facts that can help you, hopefully, once again, write more business. So make sure to check that out. Now, if you listen to the other episodes, you might say, well, it always sounds like you're talking from a retail point of view. And that's logical, because most agents are probably working on the retail side, meaning... That they are working directly with the public and not working with other agents and i have spent a lot of time building up infrastructure for a retail agency and i help with marketing and things like that so that's why i can continue today to share the ideas that i have and hopefully help you grow your business from the retail point of view for those of you out there who aren't familiar with the term retail it doesn't mean that you're in a retail location but rather that you work with the public and you work with consumers, as where a wholesaler would work with agents, or what people call B2B. The other thing that's a real advantage of working on the wholesale side is that I get to speak with a lot of agents, and I also get to hear what's bothering them and what troubles they're having, and now I can actually help them focus on their business instead of trying to just help one individual customer at a time, which I personally find to be significantly more rewarding. So that's where I am today, 16 years into the industry. And that's what I've been up to for the last seven years, primarily. Now, with all that in mind, like I said, I do want to help other agents. So once again, I'd like to give you my email address. And if you would like to share with me any questions or insights or comments that you have about the podcast or things that you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send me an email directly at dave at planet of the Once again, that's Dave, D-A-V-E, at planetoftheagents.com. If you go on the website, planetoftheagents.com, you can also subscribe to the newsletter. And you can join the club where I actually give you some of the sales documents that I've created. Some of them are scripts, and others are what I like to call the easy sheets, where it gives you the basic information you need to get different types of quotes. For example, if someone calls you and they say they have a retail store, And they want to get a general liability quote my simple form that you can use allows you just to ask the questions right over the phone and it gives you the key questions that are the rating factors the rating factors are the things that you need to know to get a quote there might be other information that you need later but you do need to get the ball rolling when someone contacts you for a quote and what a lot of agents tell me is they simply don't even know what to ask and they don't even know how to get started So I developed these sheets for different industries and for different types of quotes. I have some specific forms, for example, for small E&O insurance that are industry-based and some that are generic so that you could ask questions of people who come at you with a unique business that you didn't think of. As we wrap up this episode, I'd like to leave you with a few takeaways. First, let's be thankful that we work in this industry and that it is somewhat recession-proof and that we're simply still working at all. It's a great thing. Next, let's take away the concept of efficiency. I can't think of how many times I've used that word today. And that's something that I do think agents need to continue to focus on their internal efficiency and working with people who provide them externally the same level of efficiency that's required to achieve their goals. We are in this very modern world where speed is important. Of course, coverage is important, but depending on the nature of the business, sometimes you can actually get a quote quickly that offers a decent amount of coverage as well. So the secret is trying to figure out the recipe to make that work for you, your business, and the type of customers you're dealing with. Lastly, I want to touch on a word that I used, which was nimble. You're a small agency, and you're probably nimble. That means that you have the opportunity to change as times change. If you worked at a company with 3,000 employees or 5,000 employees and massive and complex corporate infrastructure, you would not be nimble. You could not adapt to the times as quickly as small agents can. And that's something that you can offer your customers and something that allows you to continue to survive as this technological world keeps evolving and more competition comes from the internet. You're probably at a pivotal point right now. Some people might be at what they call a tipping point, where they have to make a decision. And fortunately, if you have a small business, you can make the changes you might need. You might need to change what you sell. You might need to change your marketing strategy. In fact, from talking to a lot of people, you might need to have a marketing strategy at all. And you have that opportunity. And now is the time that many people are going to have to act on it. So with that all being said, thank you once again for joining me on the show. Please send me an email at dave at planetoftheagents.com. And I look forward to speaking to you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information and how to grow your insurance agency.